So last week, Alexander Hewitson preached an amazing gospel message. His script for the day was Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And just thinking of what he preached in the last week, on looking at, uh, we have a choice. We always have a choice in life. And the choice is, Destruction or life. The life that Jesus offers. Abundance, fullness. That's what Jesus offers us. And I wonder, why do we choose the road that leads to destruction? Why? Why do we choose life? Why, when you give an altar call to so many people not respond to the good news, to the the news which Alex shared last week, which is such good news. That the creator of the heavens and the universe loved you and I so much that he came and he died for us. It's such good news. And I was wondering, I was thinking, well, why? Part of the reason is we're born into... We're born into, into sin. We, we inherit Adam's DNA. We can't help but sin. Part of it, the scripture says, we had enmity with God. We had war with God. We don't want to be put in a box. We don't think we need a savior. Each of us need a savior every single day, every moment of the day. I know there's an analogy of sin being Missing the mark. And when I look at my life, I can be quite self-righteous often. Thinking, I went to Michael House, you know, it's a posh school. I've uh, been quite good. But I've missed the mark according to scriptures. You know, when you watch, I don't know whether you watch the Olympics and you watch the guys with their bow and arrows and they've got these fancy, they well aligned and it's just amazing how much, how often they hit the target and hit the bull's eye. But sometimes, sometimes they miss and they miss just slightly. And I think that's sometimes how I feel about myself. I'm not sure about you, but I think I just miss the mark slightly. But in actual fact, the scripture shows that I'm not even shooting at the target. If the target is over there and I'm shooting there for God's uh, approval and glory and all that kind of stuff, in actual fact, I'm shooting it in completely the opposite direction. Completely the opposite direction. That's how far you and I are off the mark when we don't know Jesus. That's why we needed a Savior to come and save us. And we actually don't like that. We don't like to be saved. We want to do it ourselves. We want to be like Frank Sinatra. Regrets we had a few, but he did it my, my way. I did it my way. What do you think? Regrets 
I've had a few, <laughs> but not too few. <laughs> but I did it my way. There were times. <laughs> so we missed the mark. We missed, we missed the mark. And the Savior came that he, that he might save us and become a, the Lord of our lives. Again, I think we don't want a Savior and we don't want a Lord. We want to be masters of our own universe. We want to, we want to be self-made men and women. We want to uh, pioneer where no one's gone and, and we don't need Jesus. And that was really where everybody is, is at. They're going on this wide road which leads to destruction. A wide road. But the road that leads to life is narrow. It's about laying down your life. It's about asking Jesus to come and be your Lord and your Savior. It's about becoming under new management. It's about we being sheep and hearing the shepherd's voice. Go this way, go that way. And he wants to bless us. So that's why, and he wants the abundance for us. That's why I get so frustrated when people don't respond to the gospel. You know, you've got members in your family who, who are anti and angry and, and, and will go at great lengths to say they don't need Jesus. And you get frustrated and you know you've experienced, you and I have experienced this, this joy of knowing Jesus. So that was a, just a little bit of a recap of Alex. Sort of a transcript, a little small transcript is in your newsletter. Please read that and just refresh it. I find it's really good to go over what the preacher said the, the following week. Uh, it helps me to remember so what's today about? Today is about 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. And I'm going to read quite a lot of scripture here. Uh, Jen, if you can get it in the NIV, I've got the NIV here. That would be really great. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, of obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Bless be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let these words just grip you. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in, this, in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. 
So the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what kind, what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. In the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which the angels long to look. Therefore, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you shall also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile. What amazing portion of scripture. I love it when it gets to the therefore. The therefore, you've got to look what it's there for. And it's been there for the last 12 verses. We maybe can sum it up. We can sum this up in since. Since God has chosen you, verse 1. Since God has caused you to be born again to a living hope, verse 3. Since God is keeping an inheritance for you, imperishable, imperishable undefiled and un, unfading, verse 4. Verse 5. Since God is protecting you through faith so that you won't lose that inheritance. God is protecting you. He's the author and perfecter of your faith and my faith. Verse 6 to 7. Since God is refining your faith by fire so that it will receive praise and glory and honor. Verse 8. Since you are swimming with the strokes of love and faith and joy in Christ. Verse 10 to 13. Since the prophets and angels are on tiptoe to see all that God's grace is going to do in your life. To see what God is going to do. Therefore, therefore, since all of these things, hope. Hope fully in this grave. Christianity is not first and foremost an ethic. It's not a, uh, a rules and regulations. The gospel is good news. It's not good advice. It's good news. The good news is the Savior came and died for you and, and I, a real person lived in history and time, came in and took on humanity and walked amongst us and brought us life and brought us hope 
and brought us this grace. It's not first a, a faith. Christianity is not first a faith or a feeling or a theology. It is first the sovereign initiative-taking action of God. God took action. That's what he did. And, and you can see the action in verse 1 to 12. Go home. Read 1 to 12. Let it penetrate our souls and our hearts. May, may we live richly in that word. Because it says that we've been born again. We've been set free. We have an inheritance. It's just, it's just so beautiful that you are chosen. You are the chosen ones. It's just so magnificent, this, this gospel, this grace that we, that, we, that we live in. So after Peter celebrates for 12, for 12 verses the sovereign action of God in election, in the resurrection of Jesus, in the causing of new birth, in the keeping of our inheritance, in the preservation of the faith of the saints, and in the providential working in affliction to refine us, and in the foredaining, predicting work of the prophets, only now do we hear a command. And what is that command? Hope in the grace. Hope in grace. Fix your hope fully, completely, on the grace to be brought to you at the coming, at the revelation of Jesus. So it's grace first, then it's hope. The scripture challenges us. It's a very challenging scripture, especially when you get to uh, the, I think, about verse 14. And I'm going to read a little bit from the message version, just because the message version puts it so differently. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind into gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't slip back into those old grooves of evil. Doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here, in reverent fear. Acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of all. So we are called in this, in this scripture, we are called to live in hope. A hope which is certain, a hope which is not based on, I might win the lotto. It's based on the scriptures, it's based on what Jesus did in the word, did, did when he came to earth. We are to live in holiness. I see the holy ones here sitting in front of me. You are holy. Why? Because you carry Jesus. You carry the glory of Jesus. And here he says, you are called to be holy. Be holy as I am holy. That's what he's, that's what he's calling us to, to do. So this conference I went on, Use this scripture as one of the, as a theme which ran throughout the day, this vineyard conference which I went on in a couple of, couple of weeks back. And uh, the theme of the conference was all in. Are you all in? Are you in for this battle? Are you in for this, 
this to Jesus. Are you saying yes to Jesus? Yeah, I hope so. Are you saying yes, yes to Jesus? Because that's what he wants. He wants us all in. He wants us all. And to be all in. In a military context, the term all in meant that you were devoting your army to a do or die effort, to a battle, to a final battle. The next battle, you had to, you, if you're going to win or lose, you were going to, uh, you were going to give it your all. You were going to give your life. There was no uh, standing back, hiding. As the, I think, who was it? Milan was sharing the story about uh, the king of Israel and the king of Judah, and I think it was the king of Israel uh, was prophesied over that that he would he would die in the battle, and so he tried to hide. He tried to hide in the back in the background behind a, I don't know a tree or a bush or a, disguised himself, and a lone arrow shoo, got him and killed him. Quite fierce when you read the scriptures. The scriptures are very fierce. Read them with caution. Read them with caution because they call you to lay down your life. So, in a, from a military perspective, all in means you you're in the battle. You're not gonna. Cowed away, you're not going to hide in the background. Not like me. I'd probably be in the background. <laughs> in a gambling term, what they did was they showed this, this clip of uh, James Bond. And James Bond is, I think it might have been Casino Royal. And there's this card game. And the baddies there, and, and then it's a big card game. It's the high stakes game. It's the, the special room, and everybody's watching, and, 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 the, and the, the cards get dealt. And the first guy puts all, all his stuff in. And uh, the next guy, and then the real baddie looks at his cards, and he's got a good hand. I think he's got a, I think he's got a full house. And he. Puts all his money in. And then James Bond puts in 40 million. <laughs> 40 million. And so now he has to be met. And now the question, who's got the best hand? And of course, as only can, only can happen in James Bond movies, he has a, a, a straight flush. And so he wins. But uh, in terms of gambling, uh, all in means you commit all your remaining chips to the current bet. It means an irreversible and complete commitment. Once you've put them in, you can't take them back. You've put them in, you, you, put, your, you put everything in. And so you only bet if you have a, you're feeling uh, fairly confident in uh, what you have on your, and what you've been dwelt, and dealt. But you put it all in. You put it all in. Are you going to put it all in for Jesus? What a beautiful hand he's dealt you. He's dealt you uh, a beautiful hand that, and the hand is now you're called his children. Isn't that magnificent? As, as children. We're his children. We can put it all in. I mean, I know there are a lot of sporting fans here, and, and all in, in the sporting context con conveys the idea of total commitment. 
You know, when you watch a game of rugby at the end, they, they kind of, uh, they, they give it all, give it their all. They give it everything they've got. I'm not sure we're talking about the Springboks here, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, they give it all you've got. And the captain often gets up and says, kind of, we left it all on the field. We gave it all we had. We, 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 we went the extra mile. We have no strength and no energy left. A bit like tennis yesterday with, uh, with Lindsay. And I didn't realize it was his birthday, but, uh, uh, so I let, let him win this time. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble next week, I know. So the question is, are you all in? Are you all in? And why can you be all in? Why can you give your life? Why can you give your life to Jesus? Because the creator of the heavens and the universe so loved you and I, that he died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's why, we, that's why we're excited. That's why I'm excited. Because I'm loved. Before anything. Before I've done anything. I'm loved by the creator of the heavens and the universe. And when I see what he did for me. My only response is to give my life to him. To say I'm all in. I don't know what the future holds. When we look at what's happening in the world in this or, or we, we kind of get panicky. You read the newspaper and Gordon versus this person and you see Putin throw saber rattling and saying, a couple of weeks ago he said, nuclear war is imminent. That's the words from him. So how do we live in that context? We live in it because we're receiving an unshakable kingdom. We've talked about, we've sung about that. We live in, an, we, we, we're receiving an unshakable kingdom. So when you look at the life of Jesus, when you read the scriptures, when you see, when you see uh, what does it mean to uh, be all in? You see him, his life. He came, left the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, perichoresos, dance, that thing we've been with, with the Father forever. And he, and he came and he walked on this life. He became a man. He suffered. He got tired. He, uh, he wept. That's what he did. He walked. He healed, healed people. He, he set people free. He rose, raised people from the dead. And, and at the same time, as doing wonderful things in the kingdom, advancing and coming into, into, uh, into, that, that, into that situation. At the same time, he was... Uh, Always under attack, always under pressure. But what did he do? He set his, his, his face towards the cross because that's where he knew he had to go because of his great love for you. So whatever Jesus asks of you today, whatever he asks, whatever he asks in terms of your all-in, you can say, my Savior did it for me. I can do it for him. And he actually helps us do it. So we, yeah, it's just, it's just magnificent. So what does being all-in look like? You know, Jesus got asked a question. No, and he, this is his answer. The most important is, most, what's the most important commandment? The most important commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, there is no other commandment greater than these. To be all in 
means you and I hide ourselves in His love. We sang about that as well. We need to hide ourselves in His love. He has already given us His love. Because Romans says that uh, the love of God is being shed abroad in your heart. So we have the love. And so now, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our soul, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. We're supposed to give it everything. That's what He's calling us to. That's what He's calling you and I to do. So the question I have to ask is, is that where I'm at? Am I only satisfied by Jesus? Taste and see that the Lord is good. When I'm satisfied in Jesus and when I've experienced His love and I lost Him in that, that's when I can respond in love. That's when I can respond with love to Him. That's when I worship. I can fall on my face because of the because of my king, because of how much he loved me, because of how much he loved you. That's what, what we can do. And so, how, do I, how does this work out today? I mean, this is all nice in theory and just very, very lovely. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. I need to love what God loves. The more I love how God loves... And what he loves, I seek, need to seek to please him. How does that work? I don't know whether Greg can play a little clip. And this guy was a, a university president. And this is his resignation speech. Okay. I haven't in my life experienced easy decision-making on major decisions, but uh, one of the simplest and clearest decisions I've had to make is this one, because circumstances dictated it. Uh, Muriel, now, uh, in the last couple of months, seems to be almost happy when with me, and almost never happy when not with me. In fact, she seems to feel trapped becomes very fearful, sometimes almost terror. And when she can't get to me, there can be anger. She's in distress. But when I'm with her, she's happy and contented. And so I must be with her at all times. And you see, it's not only that I promised in sickness and in health, till death do us part, and I'm a man of my word. But as I have said, I don't know with this group, but I've said publicly, it's the only fair thing she sacrificed for me for 40 years to make my life possible. So, if I cared for her for 40 years, I'd still be in debt. However, there's much more. It's not that I have to, it's that I get to. I love her very dearly, and you can tell it's not easy to talk about. She's a delight. It's a great honor to care for such a wonderful person. His wife had uh, 
Alzheimer's. and got Alzheimer's at a, at a very young age. And he resigned from the university in which he was the president to look after his wife. And I know the statistics are quite frightening. But I think somebody has said uh, four out of five men would ditch their wives in that situation. But four out of five women would look after their husbands in that same situation. And so what does it mean to be all in? To be all in means how I treat my spouse. That I love my spouse as Jesus would require me to love my spouse. What does it mean all in when it comes to the creation which we live in? It means that we look after it, we care for it. What does it mean to how I look after my employees? It means I treat them with respect and honor. I love them. I give it all for them. I mean, this laying it all down for Jesus, Jesus giving it all away, being all in, will mean different things to different people. But I think lastly, I just want to share the story of C.T. Studd, and many of you probably know the story. C.T. Studd was an English came from the upper crust in, in, in England in the, the late 1800s. He was from a tough family. He played cricket for England. He was in the match that Australia, the first match that Australia beat England. And it was such a tragedy that the newspaper headlines wrote, The Day English Cricket Died. And they took the little bales and they burnt them. That's why the, the competition between the, the English and the, and the Australians is called the Ashes. And it's a tiny little urn. It's only about that, that big that they play for every, every time. So C.T. Studd was, he had everything going for him. He was, he was a great sportsman. Uh, but he encountered... Um, Jesus, I'm not sure it was through uh, Spurgeon or Smith Wigglesworth, one of, those, one of those great men preached the gospel. And he gave his life to Jesus and went to China, to the mission field in China. He joined Hudson Taylor. And uh, he knew that he, his father died and he knew he was now going to inherit a large portion, a large, large amount of money. And uh, in reading the scriptures and praying, he felt convinced that he should give his fortune away to show the world that he relied not on money, but on a living God. The Lord, he was sure, would bless him a hundredfold in, in non-monetary ways and provide him sufficient money to live on. Is what he said. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. On this day, January 13, 8, 13th, 
1887, before he even knew the amount he was to inherit, he wrote out several large checks for George Muller's orphan work and for missions. It turned out there was still some money left over. Stud gave it all away. He gave the final 3,400 pounds to the woman he was about to marry as a wedding gift. But Priscilla Livingston Stewart was as sure of God as her husband. She determined to start clear at her wedding and gave that sum away too. Naturally, they ran short of money after that. (laughs) Yet they found God faithfully supplied them. Funds are running low again. Hallelujah! That means God trusts us and is willing to leave his reputation in our hands, said C.T. Studd to somebody on one occasion. And so giving it all, all in. Are you guys all in? Are you saying yes to Jesus, to the gospel, to the good news? Are you giving it all? And we're all at different stages of our lives, and those with small children. What does God want you to do? He wants you to give it, give it all for them. Our children we have for such a short time. I've suddenly realized that. They've basically gone. It'd be nice when we don't have to pay for them anymore. That might be nice. <laughs> but they're nearly gone. <laughs> There's just one more step. <laughs> but let's, let's give it all. Let's give it all. All in. Let's, let's bet it all. Let's uh, realize that it doesn't matter what happens. Give it all. And if you and I give it all, we give it all, then we give it all to His love. And we love Him with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, with all our strength. That's all we've got to do. So do, let's do that. I would, I'd love us to close in worship. And, and uh, can I pray? Lord Jesus, we want to say today that we are all in. We want to say yes to you. We want to say yes to the call of God in our lives for the good news breaking in and smashing us and bringing us to such a beautiful place. A beautiful place of freedom, of being content, whether we have lots or whether we have little, because you are there. So we have a great hope in that you have got our lives. And so we give it all to you. We say, Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our Savior. Amen.